At the Canaan Church, our mission is bringing people to Christ and helping every person to become a mature disciple in Christ. Canaan Christian Church, where people dare to dream. I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 2. I want to read just a few verses in, in Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. You can stand for the reading of the word. The word of God reads like this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one set upon each of them you may be seated in the presence of the Lord <clears throat> I want to teach today as a follow-up to holy convocation on yesterday I want to teach about the sound of God, the rebirthing of the church. The sound of God, the rebirthing of the church. It's real. It's real. Jesus is real to me. Oh, he gives me the victory. So many people doubt him, but I can't live without him. That is why I love him so. He's so real to me. And beloved, I want you to know that there is a spiritual awakening taking place in the world today. There is a spiritual reformation happening in the world. There is a move of God in the world and I don't plan to miss it. So there is a sound of God a sound of God and it has to do with the rebirthing of the church in chapter 2 of the book of Acts we're told that it was on the day of Pentecost that the church was born Luke informs us that 120 believers were in upper room and he says suddenly there was the sound of a mighty Russian wind that filled that place foul like cloven tongues set upon each of the disciples 120 believers were in the upper room waiting for the fulfillment of a promise that Jesus had made to them Jesus the crucified and resurrected Christ had showed himself alive some 40 days to the believers. He said to them that John baptized with water, but you're gonna be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
He said to them, go tarry in Jerusalem, and after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to receive power. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the world. There was a purpose for the power. They were not given power just to have power, but they were given power that they might be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you see them? Can you see them? Look in that room, 120 believers in an upper room waiting for the fulfillment of a promise. They were waiting because they had faith. They were waiting because they believed Jesus. They took him at his word. They said he ain't gonna make a promise and not keep it. So they were waiting for the promise. What were they doing while they were waiting? They were praying. And the prayer put them on one accord. Have I got anybody here today that still believes in the power of prayer? Yeah. Prayer not only changes your circumstance, prayer changes you. And when you go to God in prayer, whatever it is that you are bringing to him, prayer will bring about a shift in your life wherein it will raise you above the concerns that you have and so put you in God's company that you then get a greater revelation of him which then changes your perspective about whatever caused you to get in his face. They were in prayer. The prayer changed the atmosphere and the ambience of that room. Prayer took a room that had been a waiting room and turned it into a receiving room. Luke says, and suddenly, there was a sound like as a mighty Russian wind. I need about 50 y'all to holler suddenly. Because that means what happened didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen by coincidence or happenstance. Suddenly means that heaven invaded earth. Suddenly means that Kairos overtook Kronos. I've got a watch on my wrist. That's Kronos. But Kairos is God's special time where God shows up in your life in an unexpected or in an unusual manner so that it becomes a chirotic moment where God is going to do something so miraculous and so marvelous that it's going to excite 
exceed your expectation, go far beyond your wildest imagination because God can intervene and intersect the affairs of your life and take midnight and turn it into midday. He can intervene in your life and open a door that you never thought could be open. He can intervene in your life and so change your heart and your mind that he will literally change the trajectory of your life. Kairos is when God shows up to do something that's going to become permanent, irrevocable, and everlasting. Kairos is when God shows up in my life and what he does, it is so powerful that I can never go back to being who I used to be. God causes it to be a new day. Suddenly, there was the sound as of a mighty rushing wind. Sound cannot be experienced unless there is a receiver. To experience sound, you have to be receptive to what you hear. And what they heard, they didn't hear it with their five senses. The sound of God that they heard, they heard it in their heart. They heard it in their spirit. The sound of God. What we have been enjoying this morning is the sound of God. Yeah, worship is not about entertainment. Worship is about having an experience with God. And, and every time we come into the sanctuary, God wants us to hear his sound. Not only does he want us to hear his sound, but Joe, he wants us to give him a sound. It, it was beautiful how you all began to sing that song this morning as I was having the people from Holy Convocation to minister to the church that there is a sound. There's a sound of praise because when you hear the sound of God, there is a reverberation where then I respond by giving God a praise. And the praise I'm giving God is based on what I've already heard from God. So God, the Bible says, inhabits the praises of his people. Jesus says God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Worship is not something to play with. Worship is critical. Worship is important. It's imperative. Worship is what prepares you, covers you, and guides you for the rest of the days of week. I've been in God's company, in, in worship, in church. So it don't matter what comes up on my agenda this week because God has so blessed me in worship that I'm living with a very high spiritual sensitivity of the Holy Ghost in my life. And the greatest power in the world is in me.
And every time I come to church, God affirms and confirms and reaffirms that we can overcome because greater is he who's within us than he that's within the world. Every Sunday, God keeps reminding me that I am a conqueror and more than a conqueror in Christ. Sunday after Sunday, God says, don't you ever forget that all things work together for the good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And so, beloved, when we come to church, never forget that the devil has unclean spirits that he wants to assign to try to come into the sanctuary to disrupt and distort the sound of God. He wants to try to mute the sound. He wants to try to cause the sound not to be heard. So what we have to do in worship Sunday after Sunday, we have to create a ambience, an atmosphere where no unclean spirit can feel comfortable in the house. And I want you to know that the same God who gave birth to the early church, that same God is giving birth to us today. He's rebirthing the Canaan Christian church. He's rebirthing churches all over the nation and all over the world who are sensitive to the sound of God. Now when they heard the sound of God, miracles, and signs and wonders broke out. Pam, they were not speaking in an unknown tongue. No, these tongues, they understood. They were intelligible tongues. What made it miraculous is that these 120 disciples were speaking languages that they weren't supposed to be able to speak. And the folk who had come from various countries around the region, when they heard the good news in their language, they said, these people must be drunk. And then Peter responded and said, no, we're not drunk as you suppose because it's too early in the day for us to be drinking wine <laughs> okay <laughs> he, he, he didn't say they didn't drink wine <laughs> he, he just said it was too early in the day he, he said Peter says no we are not drunk, as you suppose. We're not drunk in the flesh, but we are drunk. We're not intoxicated, as you would think, but we are intoxicated. Because what, what you have not understood when you heard the gospel in your language is this is the fulfillment of the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. 
and on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm so glad that I pastor a drunk church. Yeah, the church I pastor is an intoxicated church. And it, no need in trying to get us delivered from it. Because we like drinking from the fountain that we drink from. We are an intoxicated church. What does an intoxicated church look like? It's a church where people are filled with the Holy Ghost. God made himself known as Father, God made himself known as Son, and God has made himself known as Holy Spirit. We're living in the dispensation of grace, we're living in the age of the Spirit, we're living in the last days, and some people, church people, are comfortable with God as Father, comfortable with God as Son, but they are afraid to embrace God as Holy Spirit. But any church and any person who will not embrace God as Holy Spirit, they're going to forfeit what God purposes to do in their life. And I stand before you in the power of the Holy Ghost to tell you that God says that he's pouring out his spirit and he purposes to do great things in your life. What does an intoxicated church look like? It's a church that prays with power. It's a church that sings with the anointing. It's a church where the word is proclaimed with authority. What does an intoxicated church look like? It's a church where power overrides production. It's a church where encounter and experience removes entertainment. An intoxicated church is a church that is organized. And yet while it's organized when it comes to worship, it is so free that it worships with the uh, position that we embrace what we did not anticipate. So if I did have a program that I gave out that had a liturgical order to it, then Pam at the bottom I would have a footnote that says subject to change at the dictates of the Holy Ghost. We know how to flow with the Spirit. 
The intoxicated church is the church where people get healed. People get delivered on a regular basis. People get saved every Sunday. That's the intoxicated church. It's the church that hollers, screams, shouts, runs around the sanctuary. It'll just tap a church. The intoxic it takes serious. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands. The people in the intoxicated church say, the longer I'm here, the louder I get. Look at somebody saying, he's talking about me right now. Because the Lord's been good to me. Yeah, he's been good to me. Just look at him. Just look at him and say, I, I know, I know I don't look like what I've been through. I, I know, I know I don't look like what I've been through. But don't think I ain't been through something. It's just that goodness and mercy have been following me all the days of my life. And every time I start thinking about where the Lord's brought me from, it just makes me want to holler and throw up both my hands. So I ain't waiting on nobody to give me permission to holler. No, I, I'm going to holler when I start thinking about how good he's been to me. Yeah, you ain't looking at no bourgeoisie church person. You ain't looking at no sedated saint. No, you're looking at a person who's in his right mind who I can recall, I can remember, very well acquainted with trouble, I know what pain's all about, but I have come to know God for myself. So I can call him Jehovah Jireh, because he's been my provider. I can call him Jehovah Rapha, because he's healed me. I can call him Jehovah Shalom, because he gave me peace, not after the storm. He gave me peace while I was in the storm. I can call him Jehovah Nisi, because he's fought some battles for me. I can call him Jehovah Shema, because I've had people walk away from me, but Jesus stood by my side. I can call him Jehovah Tiskanu, the Lord my righteousness, and I can call him Jehovah Makadish, the Lord who makes me holy, because it ain't that since I've been saved that I ain't made some mistakes, but the, the fact of the matter is when I fell down, God picked me back up. And do you think I'm going to know all of that about God for myself and then come up in here and be quiet? The devil is a lie. I'm going to holler and scream and shout as long as I can. I thank God that we are drunk. I thank God that we are intoxicated.
<laughs> oh, I feel something in here today. Am I by myself? And let me tell you what I feel. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel his presence. And I'm about through. Every time we come to church, God blesses us with a downpour. A downpour. But the downpour must always turn into an outpour. The downpour must turn into an outpour because the Holy Ghost was never given to be confined in a room. The Holy Ghost is given for us <laughs> the, the, the Holy Ghost was given so that we could be glory carriers. Just, just tell somebody, I'm a glory carrier. So Pam, when I anointed you, that means everywhere you go, the glory of God, the kabod of God, the weight of God is going to show up in the room. He gives me the Holy Ghost so I can be his, his spiritual reference point. So I can be his ambassador. So I can be his witness. Because he saved me to be a non-conformed transformer. I'm a change agent. Everywhere I go, I plan to change the atmosphere. If you don't want to change, I'm not the one whose presence you want to come into. Because I got too much Holy Ghost for you to come into my circle and then leave the same way you came. because I've got a power operating in me. The early church after Pentecost, Peter and John went to a gate, told a man, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have in the name of Jesus. They took him by the right hand, the man was lame, but he stood up, started walking, went to church, started leaping. A lame man became a leaping man. In Acts chapter 5, they had so much power that they brought people sick that if they just passed by Peter's shadow, they got healed. The scripture says, and everybody came who was sick was healed, everybody possessed was delivered. And by the time they got to Thessalonica, it says that these who turned the world upside down have come here also. 
Canaan, I'm, I'm through. But the God who changed the world through the early church with a band of believers who took Jesus serious, that same God told me to tell you that he has not changed and that he purposes to use you to use me to save this city to save the nation to save the world can I speak it can I tell you about what's about to happen? Thousands of people are getting ready to come into this house. Thousands. Upon thousands. Upon thousands. It's too small. We're going to fill up the Family Life Center. We're going to fill up the chapel, the fellowship hall. Thousands. Why you say that so confidently, Pastor? Because I got a word from the Lord. And his word doesn't go out and return void, but it accomplishes, Isaiah says, the purpose of which it was sent forth. I'm confident because Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, he said, I'll draw all men unto me. And every time I mount this pulpit, I ain't coming up in here for folk to look at me. No, I'm going to lift the Savior up because he's the one that draws. It's all about Jesus. It ain't about me, it's about him. I'm confident because the Holy Ghost is in me. And I feel his power. Thousands are coming. Can I tell you what's going to happen? Can I speak it? People who are sick are going to get healed. We, 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 not just me, come on, I need a church that'll shout we. We, 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 we are going to lay hands on the sick. We are going to pray for the sick and they're going to get healed. Doctors are going to be confounded. Because they're going back to the next visit. Can't find it. What you been doing? What you been eating? Well, I went over to that church. What church? You, well, it's called Canaan. Well, what happened? Well, I went in there and people prayed for me. And they laid hands on me. And I felt something. Now, I can't explain it. But I felt power resonating through my body. 
and all I know is on the way home the pain I was feeling I ain't feeling no more I once was blind but now I see well, what, what happened? Well, I, I got to talking to this man named Jesus. And he told me to go wash my eyes in the pool of Siloam. I did what he said. And all I can tell you, whereas I once was blind, now I can see. Can, can, can I tell you what's going to happen? Can I tell you? People are going to get delivered. I'm talking about some hard people, criminal people, low down people, people that everybody else wrote off said he can't change, she can't change. Just put him in a prison somewhere. Family gave up on him. But the Christ I serve, he's a junk man. He likes what other folk don't want. He goes in alleys. And he specializes in picking up what other folk threw away, what other folk discarded. But when he gets his hands on what you threw away, when he gets in the mind of the person who you said wasn't going to be nothing, he takes trash and turns it into treasure. Now the reason I know it is because when I was 16 years old, a man told me that I wasn't going to ever be nothing. But he was a lie and the devil is a lie because I stand here today saved, sanctified, called of God, preached the gospel. Here's, here's the last word. Here's the last word. In the first century, the church was birthed. What God's doing today, he's rebirthing. Oh, I feel a run coming. I feel a run, I feel a, I feel a run coming. I feel a shout. I, I feel an, a, a radical shout. I feel an undignified shout. If you ain't scared, just shout reset. You, 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 you want to know? You, you want to know? <laughs> you you want to know what God is doing with you right now? 
God has pushed the reset button. <laughs> and God says, with all of your mistakes, with all of your failures, with all of your shortcomings, God says, my grace is greater than your failure. My mercy is stronger than your shortcomings. So I'm going to push reset and now I'm getting ready to fulfill and work out in your life what I always wanted you to be, what I always wanted you to do. And the devil thought he had the victory. The devil thought he was going to kill you. The devil thought he was going to take you out. But look at you. You're still here. You're still here. And the reason you're still here is because God says, I ain't through with you. And God told me to tell somebody that the best is yet to come. You ain't seen your best. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Miracles, signs, and wonders are getting ready to show up in your life. Open up your mouth and tell the Lord, yes, Lord. Because every promise of God is yes and amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Yes, Lord. Lay hands on yourself and tell yourself it's mine. It's mine. The miracle is mine. The healing is mine. The deliverance is mine. The breakthrough is mine. The increase is mine. The elevation is mine. Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. What shall we say to these things? What shall we say to these things? God God, God, <laughs> God, God talks to me. He talks to me. He talks to me. 
and about three o'clock this morning, he said, the way I want you to wrap up the teaching is tell the people, when you hear the sound of God, let me know that you are receptive to my sound. So every person who wants God, because you have to want him for yourself. It's not the person beside you wanting him for you. You got to want him for yourself. So every person who wants God, every person who believes in God, every person who has a passion for God, I want you to raise your hands toward heaven. Raise your hands toward heaven. I want you to look toward heaven and tell the Lord, God, I love you. God, I want you. You, Holy Ghost, fall fresh on me, Spirit of the Living God, feel me, God, fill my cup until it runs over. God, let the fire. Burn bright on the altar of my heart. God, give me the joy that overflows. Come on, Holy Ghost. Have your will. Be reckless with me. My life will never be the same after today. Because I'm saying, come on, Jesus, and walk with me. Now, in your own way, with, heaven, with hands raised to heaven, just give God the craziest praise, the most undignified praise, the most radical praise. Let the angels in heaven know that you are celebrating the Lord Jesus Christ. You embrace the spirit of the living God. You embrace him. You embrace him. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord.
people represent the church no matter where we are. So stay connected and reach others as we grow in Christ.